Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 93. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. Oh my goodness. I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined by the Canardian, Mark Carabin. It's Secret Friends Unite Co-op Mode after dark on a yeah. weekend. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we're we're running solo this week because my schedule is a little wonky. Uh, there's there, we're doing a trip where I'm on vacation, my wife and I, and uh, you know we, we both have the same week off next week. You usually record on a Monday, but uh, we might go away. We might stick around, but um, it's safer to record tonight. So it's it's a little later than usual. It's on a different day, but we're we're here. We're ready to go. Let's talk some video games. And I'm partly to blame because I told Mark, Mark, I got a problem. I'm seeing Weird Al because I am a distinguished adult who has seen Weird Al probably five times, but he is coming to town, Minneapolis State Theater, but he's doing all original content. It's scaled down. It's almost like Weird Al Unplugged. This is a once in a lifetime thing. So I'm excited to see Weird Al without the fat, fat suit. So good times are going to happen. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah. So folks, it's just the two of us. So this gives us more time to stretch out, enjoy some time. And really, you know, we're reaching out to audience. We're reaching out to our uh, discord Twitter. And I think we've got some really fun content this week, Mark. And that leads us into our Byron return DLC edition. That's going to be the theme of this show. DLC downloadable content because you know it's funny because everything's downloadable these days so it's really it's a term that's really old (laughs) downloadable content is everything there's exactly editions of every console it's uh yeah yeah and you know had its humble beginnings in horse armor but you know there we are um yeah so we're gonna get into that with byron return and Mark and I have diverging interests and in, through time. So we decided I gave like six options and Mark and I were like, okay, well, let's, let's pick ones that we can at least agree on that we have an understanding of it versus like, I don't know, it's going to be a return to thing I don't care about, but that's okay. So this week we're dealing in games that had DLC that I think were significant enough to actually uh, drive discussion. And that is Mass Effect 2, The Shadow Broker, which was part of many, many different DLCs in Mass Effect 2. Far Cry Blood Dragon, which potentially could say is an expansion, but it really was Far Cry's first uh, efforts to go beyond just, you know, a guy in a remote land trying to survive with a weird villain. And then Splatoon 2 um, really drove home the beginning of DLC it was one of the first DLC initiatives for think Nintendo. Um, well, maybe it wasn't, but I mean, it was close enough that it was something that they did differently. So let's move it was there. Definitely different. Yeah. So, um, Mark with these three, um, we didn't pick a stinker. I don't think so with that, oh. um, knowing that none of these are really bad, where would you go? This is a tough one because, uh, I, out of these, I've, I've seen, and I can't remember if I played uh, Blood Dragon, but I, I've definitely seen it. I might have played a little bit of it because it looks it's it was such a kind of fever dream, weird '80s kind of thing. My brother picked it up, and I, I think I either I, I know I watched him play, and I'm trying to remember if I actually picked up the controller and played it myself. Um, have not played Mass Effect uh, Shadow Broker. Uh, I did play Mass Effect Two though, so I, I have more 
time with that one than, than Far Cry 3. So this is a really weird mix for me. Um, I think the easy answer for me is to buy Splatoon 2, the Octo expansion. And that's not just because I'm paid by Nintendo to make that choice. Uh, you made a po- yes. you had a podcast about <laughs> Splatoon, Mark. I had a yes. Splatoon podcast uh, with yeah with uh, my friend Joe and of course Bobby, the Nintendo Guru. Um, and uh, I I love Splatoon, and this DLC was uh, like I said before different in the like the the way that this was the story mode. So you think of most Nintendo games, and it's like the story kind of comes first, and that modes the the main center of things and then multiplayers afterwards but this one was was opposite like the story mode was dlc it's completely optional and centered around an octoling which i love uh kind of like I'm, i think i'm like one of the few people that likes the octolings better than inklings i just like octopuses better than squids there's something about like octopuses are such weird creatures they're so like calamari you're a big fan no, no, <laughs> I think you don't. You, so you don't want the calamari because you no. like them so much. Exactly. I don't want to eat okay. them. I want to be friends with an octopus. Um, they're, they're just such interesting creatures. They're so smart and, uh, and so just like quirky and stuff. Um, but this is, it was such a cool expansion and, and a cool story. Great, great boss fight at the end. And I just, I really, really enjoyed this one. So uh, yes, buy that one. I think at this point, I'm going to say rent blood dragon just because it is so wacky. It is so, so eighties and so like over the top. And it's just, it's just ridiculous that I think, I think that's going to be the rental. And sadly, the return will be will be uh, Lair of the Shadow Broker, but that's just because I think Mass Effect Two, as a standalone, has enough content there that it's that it's fine as is. So I don't think like if I wanted to revisit Mass Effect Two, I don't think I'd have a problem just playing the main game and and not feeling like I had enough. Where I think I could play Blood Dragon just on its own without even having to revisit Far Cry 3. Or even if I did, I think it feels different enough. So like you said, it's, it's kind of almost more of an expansion for this one. So I think that's where I'm leaning for these picks right now. How are you feeling? You know, you, you make some great points because that's the whole thing. Is it additive? Is it making, is it a must play? Or is it just more of because I really like the franchise? And, and we'll talk about the whole DLC as a whole and expansion versus whatever. But, you know, these are all really good. And that's where it makes it really hard. Um, but I would say, um, if we're talking about something that is just so unique and driven that, that kind of it takes chances and does things that the core games didn't that's far cry blood dragon i mean mm-hmm. it is like you said mark it's a fever dream of <laughs> a terminator 2 that didn't happen michael bean who was in the original terminator is the main character and this this game is super neon super 80s driven and it's yeah. doing its own thing this game i don't even know who pitched it to say this should even happen 
and it's and it's this is available for like 15 bucks standalone so yes you don't have to have the game so typically you need the game to play this and this is really where it becomes like uh, a standalone versus other games where you need to have the content so i think this one is definitely a buy because um it definitely stands on its own um so you don't have to feel like uh, it, it, it could be acted as an introduction to the series too which makes it really cool so i, I i'd say buy for that um then rent Mass Effect 2, The Shadow Broker, because, to your point, Mark, I got enough out of Mass Effect 2, like you said, that you didn't need it. But for me, who sucked every bit of life out of Mass Effect 2 on the Xbox 360, Mass Effect is why I bought an Xbox 360, because I tried playing it on PC, and I had issues, so that's why I got the... Uh, and I borrowed a Mass Effect from a friend. I could not stop playing Mass Effect, and... I don't know how I didn't get a thousand achievement points with Mass Effect 2. I feel like I was been robbed, but I played everything. And Mass Effect 2 Shadow Broker layered so many new things, like in regards to story and where you're going with three, that it was just a, a phenomenal experience. The fact that they got Martin Sheen to be in a video game as the Shadow Broker, who, which paid dividends in three is phenomenal and where it went. So um, that for me is just a, a, a pivotal experience. Mass Effect to me is, which is, I'm hoping, and I, we are we know we're getting a series, I think by Amazon based on Mass Effect. That's my favorite science fiction universe of all time. Wow. And that's crazy for me to even say that compared to Star Trek, Star Wars, everything else. I love Mass Effect. That's, and uh, I yeah, just, some big praise. because it balances Star Trek and Star Wars so well. Not just the boring root exploring issue, but we're also going to kick ass, have cool like Jedi wizard powers in space. Love it. So there you go. Uh, but then Splatoon 2. God, I want to love Splatoon so much, Mark. And I love what they do and, and the art and the play, play and everything like that. But this, I struggle with the controls. I just really do because I want to play it as like a third person. Th- and then the motion controls just throw me off and call me an old. I don't know. But once I get into it, I'm like, Eh, I get what they're doing. Okay. But I love the first, the, 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 the solo experience and those missions are fantastic. And I don't know if I just fell off because I'm like, eh, it's just not grabbing me, but I totally get it as a fan. This is just more awesome content. And it was great. And it was focused on, not on the multiplayer, but on the solo experience, because this is a huge, I mean, this, I think Splatoon is probably, the latest, the, the, well, except for like Ring Fit, I think this is the biggest Nintendo franchise they've launched prior to, I don't know what. It's huge mm-hmm. and it's unique and it's different. And it makes Nintendo, you know, it brings something new to the table, the art style and all that stuff. It just works. So, and Splatoon 3, that game is coming out and we're probably going to get DLC for that too. So very exciting. Um, my, my biggest regret is that, that, that mode that I really wanted to play that was only available like on a Tuesday at 2 a.m. in the morning oh, yeah, the, drove the, me nuts, the Salmon Run. I really wanted to play that because I'm like, that's what I'm looking for. So I, unfortunately, it's a return, but I'm hoping three is the pinnacle, and that's what brings Todd into the yard, Mark. Excellent, excellent. You heard it here. It's not milkshakes. It's, it's Splatoon. Uh, <laughs> and if you watch the boys, Mark's love of these cephalopods might be questionable. Listen, 
<laughs> but moving on, we'll make this PG-13. Uh, folks, uh, we get into what we've been playing. So, Mark, um, before we begin, you were on a podcast, and this is the funny part, you were on a podcast I was on almost five years ago. I feel old. Right. It's got to get you back. He's uh, Yeah, so it was, I was on uh, We The Gamer Cast um, that and that was my my second appearance. I was on years ago, and and uh, and Sean was was nice enough to invite me back, and and uh, we we had a great chat. It was I, I loved every second of it. it. Was it was really good. We touched on everything from uh, you know fatherhood to video games to uh, working with other podcasters and, and people in the community, and just just life in general. It was it was such a great chat. Uh, so if you haven't heard that yet, uh, go check it out. And, uh, thanks again to, for, to, to Sean for, for getting me on, but that saying all that, it kind of leads me into what I actually have been playing. (laughs) And this week, Finn's been getting his two-year-old molars. It has been a week from hell. If anyone watching the video version thinks I look like crap and I'm, I'm tired. It's because I probably Mark, never. You are a gem. If I could squeeze those cheeks right now, I would. Good. I got a cut on one of my cheeks. Actually. It's like, Oh my God, babe. Is it, is it, is it uh, toddler nails? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was. They're sharp as my God. Those things should be like weapons in a game. Give me a kiss, but like ripped a chunk out of my face. Um, anyway, so between, like just being busy at work and, and settling up things before taking a, a week off, which like, you almost work double the week before you go mm-hmm. on vacation sometimes. I don't know. That's me anyway. But uh, between that and a, a teething two-year-old, I have had very little time for games. But one game that I have been able to play, and actually kind of two, um, is the Paw Patrol games on Game Pass. So I think I talked about the Paw Patrol game when Court was on, and I mm-hmm. 100% finished that 1,000 gamer score. The first time I've gotten a 1,000 gamer score in years, I think, is Paw Patrol. Because why wouldn't it be? Because that it makes Finn happy. So when it, you know TV's not working or we can't go outside or whatever, or there's something going on, I can put that on and be like, look, this is a distraction. And, and he actually played a little bit too, which was really cool. Full hands. Uh, yeah, you need like a, a small uh, controller, Mark. The, you, you got one. Court talked about. Uh, oh I, yeah, I okay. To still get, um, but the the new one just dropped. So the Paw Patrol, I think it's the movie, uh, the game, based on the movie, based on the TV show, uh, the game version of that. Um, yes, so, <laughs> yes, yeah, that that the always newest, happens. The newest yes. Paw Patrol, the movie game uh is is on game pass now along with peppa pig which i haven't gotten into but but uh Paw Patrol, so you need to teach your children how to speak british that's that's, the, that's a simulator already, yes. i'm sure he's already going to be picking up some like australian terms from bluey so just uh, throw if he says a shoom i will lose my mind so far so good on that one no uh no mind losing necessary but uh that's, that's basically what i've been playing is is paw patrol on the xbox and uh just distracting my my emotional two-year-old and um and going through but at least it's it's easy achievements it's easy gamer score so i've just well, like my gamer score has risen by like i think I, i'm gonna say probably 13 14 1500 last week or so because the two paw patrol games combined i'm just cruising through stuff so i mean that's phenomenal i mean and if you think about it 
I mean, uh, that might be a future topic, Mark, but it's like games uh, for kids of all ages might be a good one to go into because I've been there, done that with Logan. Um, and obviously he, he's going to teach me how to play games now that he's old enough and better than I am. And he's actually challenged me to play a game that, uh, which is going to be, I think something we'll explore in the future. But um, I mean, there's just so many revenues now or avenues you have to play really cool experiences with your children. Um, and it's a shame that the connect is kind of dead because there were so many cool experiences with the connect. There was that Sesame street game. There was like the one by double fine where like you play like the floor is lava, which to me just would blow my mind because the connect was great. And which, which reminds me, I have a connect camera. So if you ever need a connect camera, Mark, I'm your guy. Although it probably costs like $300 to get it to you in Canada. But um, the Lego games, I think, are a phenomenal entry point for kids because they look like things you know. They're simplistic. They're fun. And they can just play around and, you know, beating up stuff. And there's so many different franchises involved, which please bring back uh, Lego uh, Dimensions, please. Dimensions. Oh, without wow. all the bricks because you can just play the game. But, yeah, I think this is fun. And it's a perfect thing to do. It's interactive. It's fun. And it's not just your kid looking at a screen. It's also him potentially talking to dad and playing yeah. with him. It's a cool experience. When the, so I, and I, I, uh, I clipped the video of the first thing that oh, yeah. actually did by himself. I tweeted it out uh, and a, a big thank you to, to outright games for just making these games that are so simplistic and fun and, and he got it. But like that video, I was so pumped that like nowadays it's a button. Like I don't have any video of the first game I play. Like the first time I jumped in Super no. Mario Brothers, break like, out your Super Eight like, camera and right? put like, up the tripod. Exist, <laughs> like so, like I handed the controller to Finn because I got to a place where um, you just literally had to like wiggle the two control sticks or wiggle one of the control sticks. Maybe <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but like I just handed the controller to him. And I was like, "Here, buddy, do this." And he like looked at the controller and kind of looked at me and looked at the TV and started wiggling the thing and it worked like it did something on the screen and he got so excited. He like tossed the controller after like it, cause it comes up and it's like the big celebratory thing. And like, he's doing the happy dance on the couch. And I got a little bit oh, of yeah. that part on like my, my you saw him jump on the couch. Too. I'm like, I hope you're going to survive this kid. Jump, yep. Like, yeah, yep. big throw of hands up in the air. But like, before I even started recording, he's still doing like his little happy dance. And, uh, it was so great. So like outright games, you guys, you, you have something right there. It's uh, a two year old could get it and, and enjoy it and did a happy dance. So like, that's the best. And Mark, speaking about that, because speaking about our own gamer who has the skills of a two-year-old, we're, we, we're hopefully going to get the copy of that Star Trek game for Charlie so he can expand oh, yeah. beyond Lego games. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that one. We'll work on that one for sure. Um, exactly. I can talk, you know what? I can, I can talk about the last thing and then you can jump in because the only other thing I've been able to do is finally unlock Indiana Jones in Fortnite. Um. And it, well, you, I unlocked Indiana Jones, the first, ver there's two versions of him. There's one like the classic oh, Indiana okay. Jones. And then there's another one that's just like, he's wearing like a whip, ripped white shirt kind of thing. Okay. Um, we another one of his signature looks, right? But it's but not like, like 85 year old Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, no, like okay. Okay. Um, Got it. But so it's, uh, there's a bunch of challenges to do different things and you know, unlock different parts of like the Indiana Jones set. So like a wallpaper and a back bling and an emote and all that kind of stuff. Um, I finally 
did this last one and it was such an Indiana Jones challenge. It was so much fun. You had to go to a temple on the map and there's four locations with around or like in that temple that you had to get the symbols from four possible symbols, uh, changes every map, every match. You had to get them in order and then go to a central part of this temple. Uh, and then there were four rotating pillars that you had to get the right order of the right symbols. And when you did that, it unlocks this, the, this, the big wall goes up and you have to run sure. through the corridor, but you can't step on the dark, um, the dark bricks because the, the stuff will be shooting wow. out of the walls and kill you. Uh, and then at the end, there's a golden idol of the hamburger from Fortnite, but it looks <laughs> like the golden idol from, uh, from Indy. Nice. And uh, when you pick that up, you have a couple of seconds, everything starts to shake and then the giant boulder comes down and runs out. But to unlock this challenge, you have to find a secret door to get around the boulder and, uh, and, and escape. So nice. I did that. It was such an Indiana Jones feeling moment. And it was, it was, it was so much fun. Um, and I did it. Oh, who did I do that as? I can't remember what character I was when I was trying to do it, but it was something ridiculous. I think I was like Batman or something. I was like Batman doing an Indiana Jones puzzle in Fortnite. It was just ridiculous. Um, anyway, so that's, I, I'm very happy <laughs> I did that. And uh, that's, but that's literally all the gaming I've been really doing. Uh, picking out a little bit of TMNT again, uh, just cause that game's fun and mindless, but yeah. uh, that's about it. What, what have you been playing? You've been playing some more stuff, including. It's funny. It's games, funny, Mark. You mentioned like Fortnite, Indiana Jones. I'm, I'm assuming Nazis will not be part of Fortnite, so that's probably a good thing. Um, you know what right now, the the next best thing are, is killing a Nazi are, in Fortnite. Um, no, stormtroopers are actually okay. In Fortnite. Well, that's true. You can okay. go and kill stormtroopers and Darth Vader. Just misunderstood Fortnite. contractors, though, Mark. That's oh, hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> but you know, a stretch goal would be to have the uh, the the lead of the Disney gaming development. Uh, he is married to Andrew Renee, and he does. He's basically the guy that brings all of the gaming content uh, of of Marvel and Disney and all the properties together. Mm-hmm. I would love to have him on because, man, just to think of what's in his head and where things play, and to be able to get you know Indiana Jones. We've had Patrick from Secret on Secret Friends Unite, who is like the marketing director for Indiana Jones and Star Wars, which has been awesome. And it's just think take that a step forward in video games. It's just like wow, that's amazing. The mind boggles of all of the opportunities and how who balances that with what's good, what's bad, and what's allowed. Wow. It's amazing. So Fortnite, keep keep doing what you do because man, nobody's doing it like they do. Wow. No, wow, you well. Um, so Mark, uh, let's just put this stake in the ground. Todd has finally beat Luigi's Mansion three. Three years in the making. I started, I love this game, got pulled away every year. I said I was gonna make my Halloween game, did not happen. This game launched on the 30th of October 2019. Come on, Nintendo. You're going to make a spooky game, get it out at the beginning of October, even early, late September works. But man, this game is so much fun, but I do not like playing this game handheld because the screen is so small and this game is so beautiful. Needs to be put on a big screen. Um, So really, really great to do it there. It's, It's such a fun game. This game does have DLC, but it's like tied to like these mini games that are primarily multiplayer focused, which is really interesting, Um, which I never went down the road and played. So, but it was interesting. They brought in DLC to this game, but love it. So if you're looking for just a great, awesome 
3D platformer. It is so worth your time, and there's so much there. I thought I was done early, and I'm like, nope, it's continuing to go, and I had a blast. So they added so many cool content. I would love to see another game and expand it. I don't know where they're going to go next, but this game is done exceedingly well, like 13 million copies. How the hell does that even happen? I don't know, but you do. You do you, Luigi. I love you. Uh, Speaking of which, Mark, I played it as Luigi. While Luigi, I played as... uh, 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 Oh, uh, I'm blanking on her name. The princess from uh, Mario Galaxy. Oh, Rosalina. Rosalina, I played as Bowser. I played as in soccer. So I played Mario Strikers, the new game. Um, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. As a, as a single player game, it's going to be very limited. And that's where I found myself. I played it. I played just some standard games. I played a cup, uh, lost because I suck, because uh, I played a game that loves to pass. Mark, they basically kept the ball away from me for like, I played three minute quarters or four minute quarters or whatever, or four minute game. I don't know what it was, but I think they had the ball for almost three minutes out of the four minutes because they're just passing it like damn like fools. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I never got like my cool power up move. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? But it's fun. It is a fun game. But it is primarily a multiplayer game that you need to play with other people, which is just not my style. Um, but I think it's fun. I know some people like Chunk Capri, who we just talked about, is very unhappy with the game that's laid out. A lot of people are because they're limiting the modes. There's not really what I would have loved if they did like a lot of the games in the past where they did almost like an RPG as a single player. You did like yeah. like mini games, but they didn't do it. It's just like it's just you just play the game. So that's if it. you're into like arcade sports games. Mm-hmm. You'll enjoy it, but I think it needs a second player. And you, and I don't know. Uh, it's a $60 game, and for me, it's it was a Gamefly rental, and it's going back because my son's not going to play with me. I'm not going to play it online, so it's like, oh, okay. There's no real like challenges to go, except just play more people and play more mo- uh, games. Yeah, that's the the deciding factor so far in me not picking it up. And I, I have nothing wrong with, with arcade games. I think I talked a few weeks ago about jumping back into super mega baseball mm-hmm. and uh, like, I, I love that kind of stuff, but um, usually I get that stuff on sale and, and, you know, Nintendo games rarely go on sale. So it might be a little while until I pick this one up, but for me, knowing the lineage of different, you know, Mario sports games and like thinking about what they could do on the game boy color or Game mm-hmm. Boy Advance for like games like, you know, Mario Golf, where you said there's like that RPG story mode involved and then a robust multiplayer. It's like, well, we're, we're a couple of generations moved. Like that's a, yeah. what, 20 year old, 25 year old game now. Maybe do something better on Switch. I don't know. It, it just seems, it seems like some weird decision. So I, I get the returning on that one, but I, I would love to try it because I, I usually do love the Mario sports games. So I might just fold and pick it up eventually or, or maybe try to hold out till it goes on sale. But um, I know Brennan Myers is a big fan of this one. So uh, yeah, I mean, so and that's where I think you may have to make a league to really yeah. get into it. And there's, there's yeah. leagues you can set up. There's a cup action going on right now that you can play in. Um, and, it, and it's funny because I think there is still Mark a, like a demo of the game where it walks you through. So I I definitely, you played it. So yeah, I mean, the mechanics are solid. It's a lot of fun, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's your mileage may vary 
based on you know who you can play with and 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 go with it but i mean you and your brother might have a good time you and loren might have a good time but you know yeah. i don't know is it a four player couch co-op game maybe but yeah so yeah, sports games have struggled on the Switch this generation because I think the expectations are so big to make like because Nintendo has a really dedicated single player audience that I think is so ravenous for that type of content mm-hmm. that uh, they're like, no, we just want you to play with friends. I'm like, I don't like playing with people. <laughs> That's why I have a Switch <laughs> on the go where I don't need a connection, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Definitely recommend it if you do like playing like Sean Capri. I think this is perfect for him and Henry and Stella. They would love it, and yeah, I will. Sean Nias. Sean, if he's got, yeah, so, sorry. Well, it's Sean Capri. Well, no, he doesn't like it, but yeah, Sean Nias definitely with his kids. I think they'd enjoy it. But um, moving on, though, a game also I played on Switch thanks to GameFly is the House of the Dead remake. Mark, I love like arcade like gun shooters. I Me do too. Ah, uh, Time Crisis. Uh, what was that? That Namco game that was just weird. It was like a little guys running across them. They had like fireballs coming, and you have to shoot. Uh, I can't remember the name of that game. It was a Namco game back on the PS2 era. It was uh, I, I forgot what the name of it, but they did oh, so many cool games. There's like um, the uh, Virtual Cop. There is so many cool. Just Terminator like gun one. games. Speaking oh yeah, like in the in the, in the, in the and there actually is a like arcade one up version of that Terminator game, which is awesome. Think about that little Real? thing with two like oh yeah, with the two guns uh, that you can shoot. Oh, I like know that. Oh yeah, I mean there's so many cool oh, like gun games, and unfortunately because of modern display technology, they just don't work. They yeah. just don't work. So you thought you know maybe the Switch because the the Wii had a ton of awesome shooters Including like house of the dead overkill house of, oh overkill i remember playing that game like this is way too adult for the wii i mean it's like it's like house of the dead but we're throwing in f-bombs and it's just mm-hmm. crazy it's so much fun there was an awesome dead space game that they made for the wii that was fantastic there was all those resident evil like gun games and I thought the Switch would bring it back, but there's a limitation on the Switch, which I found because I played the game. The pointer or the IR is not good <laughs> for this type of game. It right. was completely off half the time. Um, the game, I think, is coming to PS4 and Xbox One, but it looks like a Wii HD port because <laughs> the textures look off. The voice talent is uh, right on on that level of like on games like it just seemed off and I try to enjoy it. Uh, the good thing about this game was, though, because it's a it, it, you're shooting zombies, you're going through. Sometimes you get lucky and you can shoot a pot and has a coin in it or something, but you are limited in your continues, but you can get more continues if you get enough points. So it kind of limits you and then does allow you to checkpoint. So you're not starting from the beginning every time. But man, oh man, I, I honestly wish they would add in a light bar like the Wii. It would yeah. add some type of sense 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 uh, port to basically add in some context of where you're pointing at because the See, motion control is limited because it doesn't have an idea of where you're pointing it. And that, that would be tough on the the switch because the IR ports on the bottom. So you'd yes. really have to flip the controller upside down, which down. then you don't have the triggers. Yeah. So you're kind of 
thumbing the trigger. So you'd almost need uh, an attachment that kind of remaps where, you know, so you could actually have like a, a gun or something that the light gun or the, the, yeah, the, the joy con could go into, which would have kind of some sort of relay. So when you pulled the actual trigger, it hit the, you know, the air button or whatever it was uh, with the IR sensor on the other side. And it, it's not impossible, but yeah, definitely. I don't think the, the switch was made for that kind of direct motion uh, pointing control stuff, which is a shame. Cause like you said, we haven't had that since the Wii and the switch has a lot of that lineage kind of feel to it, but definitely different tech. Yeah. So you can use just the stick control and on the switch, if you do it in handheld mode, you can use like touch controls, which I think defeats the purpose. So, cause my wife, she doesn't play a lot of video games, but she loves going to like the Dave and Busters, picking up a gun and shooting zombies in the head. This was going to be very unfulfilling for her. So I'm like, okay, it, it tried and maybe for some people, like I think Ryan Turfer played this game and he said it was satisfying to him. But for me, as I played it, I'm like, it just didn't nail it. So maybe there will be somebody that figures out uh, LCD, LED, OLED or whatever, uh, like shooting with something uh, on the screen. And if they do, Mark, I will back it. So, yep, absolutely. you know, we're not there yet. Um but a game we are there with, and I have dubbed this game The Cats of Us, which is Stray. <laughs> so The Last of Us, but with cats. But in a world where there are zombies, we've essentially got these robot servants and cats. And this game just came out. It's on PC and PlayStation. It's on PS Plus Extra if you own the service and there's premium, which is just like the, the classics and such like that. So this game is by an indie studio. It's by Anna Perna. So Anna Perna. Oh, so there you go, Mark. I'm getting back to you there with cats. Cause we're playing there. This game is adorable. I played like an hour of this game and it's adorable. It's basically you wake up and, or, or you start off the game with a bunch of cats and it's in the future. They look like they're in the jungle, and then the cats are gallivanting and they do what cats do. They go up to each other, nuggle, nuzzle each other. They annoy each other and then they fight a little bit, but then they love each other and then they sleep. Then the cats wake up and then they go off and they explore and everything's good until the pipe they're jumping on falls apart and your little tabby who looks like Garfield, but, but in better shape falls down and it is heartbreaking Mark. You see this cat, it's like, oh my God. And then he wakes up and he's at the bottom. I, I don't know if it's a he or she wakes up at the bottom of the tunnel where he fell. She fell and she's hurt. So she's struggling. I'm like, oh no. But then she rests for a little bit and then she's back up. Cats do that. They're resilient. I have two of them and they're crazy. And this is a really cool game where they paid attention to the way cats react, the way they interact. And you can be the cat that does all those annoying things to you, but you can do it on purpose. Now as the cat, you knock things over, you go over, you can get on top of things you shouldn't. And it's really fun. I'm really enjoying this game. And there is a story and the way they interact. One of the commands you can do, Mark is just meow. 
<laughs> you can also scratch on carpet or different things as using your L2, R2. You can knock things over, like I said, like uh, things that shouldn't be up there and then broken. Uh, you can crawl up and cats are great because, you know, the whole mechanic is cats land on their feet and they should. So that's, and they do in this game, but it's really cool. But it's like you, you venture in, you see the world is in the future and there are robots, but there's also these little creatures that are almost like rats, but they kind of look like weird, like aliens with red lights and you have to run away from them. And it's very scary because you want your cat to survive and they have ways of shaking it off. But you know something's gone wrong with this world in the future and that's your mission. But it's really fun because as you're interactive to figure out what you need to do, you're meowing and then you see like these things with technology like a, a, a camera. As you meow, the camera is like kind of interacting like saying yes, no. And then you see all these things in the world that are pointing in the right direction. It's very cool. I, I've heard great things about this game and it's not letting me down. So um, I think it's, it's going to be on other consoles later, but if you have PS, PS plus extra, if you can buy the game on PS PS uh, PlayStation or PC, it's well worth playing. It's called stray. It's really fun. Um, I am, we'll come up with more cat puns later. I've heard great things about this game. I, I'd, I'd really, I'd love to play it. I don't currently have my PS4 hooked up and don't have a PS5. Uh, I'm guessing this is going to be one of those year out comes to Xbox sure. maybe mm-hmm. kind of thing. So um, yeah, this one's definitely tempting me. Yeah, it it's good. it's just fun. They nailed cats. I told my son he needs to play it because he's gotten used to all of our cats we have in our house. And um, we've had games with dogs and, yeah. you know, good doggos, you pet a dog. But cats kind of get a short shrift. Um, they're not always loved <laughs> and they're dog people and they're cat people. So, I mean, this is nice. Do- it's, it's cats are having their day with this game. So the last game I think with cats that was showcased was cat letter damage, which was just cat asshole simulator <laughs> where the cats go <laughs> off and knock over things. So it's like, you know what? Cats deserve some love too, folks. So there Absolutely. we go. Well, we had yeah. the, uh, was it super Mario 3d world? Oh yeah. With all the cat costumes. Yeah, okay. The cat costume. There you go. But, uh, yeah. A real cat being the focus that's that's uh that's new that's great yeah i thought it was a little cheating with luigi's mansion 3 with the poultry pup so uh poltergeist pup yeah so there we go cats are in my heart and i will go back to that game so there we go and just last before we move on what i've been playing on has been an oled tv i upgraded we're in the new house the geek mansion is uh, the geek den is being fit i got a new tv because we did not have a tv in that space so I will go along with Luke Lore, everybody else. OLEDs are fantastic if you can afford them. I was holding off because I'm like, is it too much? But you know what? Treat myself. End of year. I did really well with the company. It's definitely something I felt like I could indulge in. But if you can't, totally get it. But if you can, OLEDs are chef's kiss. Nice. All That'll right. Be my, next, uh, my next upgrade. I was looking at... Uh, prime day deals and stuff this year, but I wasn't quite ready. I just, just bought a new TV a few years ago. So it's still, still good. Still kicking Uh nice 4k, but uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be the next one. Nice. Nice. So with that, Mark, we had a question from famous Seamus, mm-hmm. the most famous of all Seamuses. He that. said, uh, because I think everybody is like just melting in the world right now. Uh, it's hot. We finally had a heat break in Minneapolis area. Yeah. 
But what games do you play to beat the summer heat? I mean, are we playing the Winter Olympics? Are we going to like the the ice levels in games? What do you do to feel the chill the game you can provide? I, uh, you know what? That's a good question. It, it, it's um, yeah. I I think you you might be onto something there with uh with the ice levels or or the, you know the olympic games something like that the first one that popped into my mind was was riders republic uh from ubisoft and that one you can do some stuff in the heat but you can also just take off to the mountains and enjoy some fun snow activities there so that was the first for whatever reason the first one that popped into my head but that's only because uh 1080 snowboarding and snowboard kids are not yet on the n64 expansion uh which i would a hundred percent go to first um yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm I'm thinking anyway. What do, what about you? Oh my goodness, Mark! There was a game when I was a young kid when I owned my NES that I played too much and I was really bad at. TNC Surf Designs. Do you remember that game, Mark? Ooh. They like uh, they were like a shirt company that would make like really crazy like surf T-shirts. They had a like a crazy ape and all these different things. And they made an NES game where you would skate and surf. And that game just breaks me back to the summer. Uh, summer games also, but uh, t- I mean, it was just fun. I don't know if that game could ever come back to like the NE- NSO systems, but I mean, it was just fun. Like you're you're sur- you're skateboarding, and there's like treacherous deaths as you're skateboarding on this like broken highway that somebody needs to repair. I mean, like like there's like opening in the middle of this freeway where it's like that's not safe. How, how is a skateboarder allowed? And then you'd have a surf, you know, surfing and like you'd go up and down, you try to avoid like seagulls and things. And, and it was just fun. So that's a game that brings me back to summer. But if on a game, I want to escape the heat. Now that's a game called, uh, I believe it's called lost planet. That was a, a game by Capcom that came back in the 360 mm-hmm. era where you were on a frozen planet and you were just killing all these crazy animals or like, like creatures and things. And if you got too cold, you die. So um, that's a game that makes me feel like I would feel cold, even though I'm hot. So mm-hmm. check out lost planet. There was like three of those, but really only the first one's really good. And of course I can't let a podcast go without talking about wave race. Because, yeah, the whole thing takes place on the water. You're getting jet ski. Jet ski. You're just having fun or a dolphin. Um, Wave race. Bring it to Nintendo Switch. Come on. What will you do, Mark, if Jet Moto comes out before uh, Wave Race on PlayStation? A table. (laughs) I will actually, the table that I'm sitting at right now, I will just flip it into a wall and uh and be very angry for 14 and a half seconds oh my goodness and then i'll get over make it happen nintendo what are you doing it's not like you have a new license i don't think they had ski do or anything in there so just uh, they get did, it they removed it on oh, the okay. wii u when they re-released it there uh but they did have yeah kawasaki jet skis i, I believe how much is that license really nintendo um no, they, they removed it all. So there are, there's already a freaking port with this stuff removed that they had to remove because there were a few or at least one or but it might have been a few sponsors in that game for like clothing and stuff on the on the billboards and everything. But they've already they already have a port where that stuff's removed. So just file save as Nintendo Switch Online N64 thing 
and just give me what I want. It's just put Mario in a blooper, right? I just that's, that's just what I want. Does that work? Mario in a yeah. blooper, like it from Mario Sunshine? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> right, so that does it. Uh, you know, Sunshine's a great game too because you're you've got the flood. Oh yeah. Uh, there's all tropical the, paradise, the tropical paradise yeah. and stuff. I guess that's not really escaping the heat because like, but you can it, spray it people with like water to get them cool. Stuff. You're cooling some people yeah. down, I guess. Um, cool spot. Oh yeah, because uh, it has cool right in the name. Sharing it's beverages that are carbonated. Yeah. Than, uh, than a sprite, I suppose maybe. Um, <laughs> this, this got off the rails. Tetris, <laughs> that Tetris game <laughs> with water. We can keep yeah. going on, but we won't because it's only going to get worse from there, folks. Um, so yeah, so that is it. Thank you, famous Seamus. If anybody else any hints on how to stay cool in this hot, weird world of crazy temperatures, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Mark, I'm going to pause. And that moves us on to the news. So, Mark, Ubisoft is really one of your favorite companies, and they had their earnings call. And, uh, you know, I'd like your thoughts on where Ubisoft is headed, because a lot of people are just not sure. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the whole games industry, there's so many delays and that kind of stuff that I think it's a little bit of fear mongering to be, you know, the the Kotaku report. And, of course, it's Kotaku because, you know, uh, bad luck continues cancellations cost cuttings is ubisoft in trouble it's like i don't know like just a string of delays mean ubisoft are in trouble or the whole game industry like you know we're getting rid of crunch we're cutting down there's the pandemic there's this there's that um shit's happening all over but uh in this one specifically they did just delay avatar uh, frontiers of pandora will not release alongside the movie coming sometime I don't know, maybe late 2023. March, March 2023, I think is what they're saying now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, like, is it essential to have it alongside the movie? It doesn't seem like it is. Uh, I'd rather them get the game right. And uh, I think I said this an episode or two ago that I, I think if they just let you have fun in Pandora and explore that world, I think it's a cool enough world to, to justify wanting to explore it. I think there's a lot of uh, flora and fauna and, and adventures to be had just literally just frigging around in the world like Ubisoft does. How many times have you been like, the fate of the world rests on your shoulders in a Ubisoft game and you're like, cool, but first... I'm going to go ADHD my way through all of these side <laughs> missions because uh, I think there might be a donkey on the top of that mountain. That guy that needs his bread. That, that loaf yeah, of bread. bread <laughs> that homeless guy that I found uh, in behind the Acropolis. It's it, like it's just that's how I play Assassin's Creed games. I am all over the place. I want to explore every bit of the map. I want to just see how far I can push the game and how much I can and, and see and, and get around things that way. So, um, and that's why Ubisoft is, is to me, um, such a great company cause they, they do that kind of stuff so well. Um, but then they also give us stuff like, uh, like Mario plus rabbits. So it's, it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that game's been delayed. So I don't know if there's, you know, that kind of big trouble. Uh, we still have the Assassin's Creed, I think infinity launch of the Assassin's Creed thing that's happening in September. There were some rumors that that one's going to be delayed as well, but 
who knows there was like a, a big game delay rumor and people were saying oh it's probably assassin's creed but it turned out that that might be just um avatar so like assassin's creed might as far as we know right now still be on track um so who knows who knows uh the next assassin's creed game there's a few rumors to where it's going i think middle east is is one of the strongest rumors and people saying uh they want it to to go somewhere in asia for years but uh right now i think that might be a little bit too ghost of tsushima to really justify wanting to go there um Anyway, I'm excited to see still what what they have going on. Uh, we finally have a release date for Skull and Bones. That game looks mm-hmm. real and looks good. And I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to, to play it this fall. So uh, so there we go. I think, you know, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, they're doomed. But, um, you know, delays suck for games that people were, were um, looking forward to. I getting into the rest of it you know like layoffs and that kind of stuff like i don't personally really want to dive into all that kind of stuff because i don't know i never like just analyzing people losing their jobs that sucks <laughs> it just it just does <laughs> um so yeah if, if, if you want to jump in on on a bit of the business side of things that's cool but like game wise i don't know i think they're they're in as healthy a place as anyone else. Like this fall is a weird fall. This year has been a weird year of delays and pushbacks. And, um, you know, why did we buy these new consoles? It's, uh, you still can't find the consoles, but like the game lineups for both are a little barren through the year. So it's a weird year and Ubisoft's not immune to that. Yeah. They're in a, in a weird space because they were not acquired. And we're hearing that the acquisitions are kind of calming down because of inflation worries. Now, your money is not going to buy as much, and you want to make sure you hedge your your positions so you can actually survive. Um, And because of that, Ubisoft, at one point, were going to lean into NFTs. And that kind of went away, thankfully, because NFTs, as we're finding with blockchain and all that stuff, it's kind of like a trend versus a a reality. So you got to lean back. from that so the question becomes what's where are they going to lean into and what will work uh for this company they haven't really got a great uh games as service type model like a call of duty Warzone, fortnite things like that they've tried nothing has really worked um so the question becomes where are they going to line to and it sounds like mark the uh, ac infinity is going to be that game because that's going to be the free to play it's going to be modules. It's going to be like we're going to explore different time zones, which could work really well. Um, and they're also still going to support standalone AC games, which, you know, with this 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 game we're hearing that might take place in the Middle East, very cool. Um, mm-hmm. So they're going to have to, you know, balance what works to, you know, have just enough Assassin's Creed versus too much and, and where are people going to play? Because I think you would, you know, you could potentially be in both areas, depending on how you want to play or what eras are interesting to you because you like those games. Yeah. And it sounds like infinity might be all encompassing. Like that's Mm -hmm. almost like, it sounds like infinity is just going to be like the platform, almost like a Fortnite type thing where, yeah, yeah, you can screw off and go into like the story modes or you can do multiplayer. You can probably do some, some, content you know created content or this or that or whatever so and they're going to keep adding to it so infinity almost sounds like a hub or like the the 
you know, basic skeleton and they're going to keep adding meat to it and you can buy and play whichever kind of chunks of meat that you feel like, uh, doing. And, and yeah, it's, uh, to me, it's exciting. I don't know, but uh, we'll see what they say in September. I'm kind of holding, uh, my, my judgment, reserving my judgment until then. Yeah. I mean, if they do the season pass where it says essentially the season pass is going to enable you to have a really cool Assassin's Creed experience in worlds you haven't seen before. Japan, maybe Russia, things like that. Mm. Canada, Mark, you know, go up to the Yukon, uh, whatever, you know, Montreal, you know, different areas that could be kind of cool. Um, so I think they can nail it and get it right. What I mean, does it work in that model with a really story-based game with all the missions and things like that? I don't think we've seen that yet. Because, you know, the games that are typically in this model of season passes are, you know, play, shoot people, and move on, and you get some maybe a cinematic or something like that. But with a story-based game like that, it's a it's going to be a tough balance for them. So we'll see if this works. But it could if they said, we'd rather charge you 12 bucks every four months, and you get some cool stuff you can go into, but it feels like an Assassin's Creed game. Maybe that's where they get people to play in because I don't want to pay 48 bucks, but I rather play 12 bucks. So, because I like Russia or I like Japan or I like China. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's so many places they can go. There's so many things they could do between full size games that we've seen. And and we're going to talk about DLC. So maybe we'll get it. This is a good time to get into that because the Assassin's Creed DLC is some of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, I just want. Beyond Good and Evil 2 to happen as of right now. I don't know what's going to happen, Mark. Please save my soul. Give me something. I just want that pig and that girl to go off on adventures, Mark. I don't need to be crazy. I just need them to have a fun, good time in an X-Files like adventure. Listen to Todd. Well, yes, exactly, because Michael Ansel has been fired. But moving on, yes, to the heart of our conversation. We've touched on it many, many different times, but now we're going to go all in because This is all to blame to Brandon Myers, our winner gamer. Oh my goodness. Thank you for being such a great part of all of these good gaming communities. And you know, you're busy. You got a little, little kid who's super adorable. You're being the dad life. And you know what? We appreciate you, but you said, what games have some of the best favorite DLC? And I said, Mark, let's expand this. Let's talk about all DLC. And I said, we're going to talk about this in the uh, topic this week. DLC, draining limited currency or delivering life-giving content. So it's kind of like your, is it worthwhile? Is it adding to the life of a game? Or is it just uh, pinching pennies? So folks, let me give you a little history about the DLC. So digital <laughs> uh, con- uh, content that you would download was a big deal in the Xbox 360 era. The first real DLC was horse armor for Skyrim. It was cosmetic, didn't do anything. And I think it was like ridiculously expensive, like five bucks. It's like, (laughs) is this what we want the future of buying little pieces uh, digitally to go? And thankfully it's changed. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, that's true. That's true because it's expanded, right? Because it's not just been, a uh, little bit of extra story content. It hasn't been just costumes. It, well, it's been a little bit of everything. It's been um, season passes. It's been 
um, loot boxes. I mean, anything you want to call it, it's just basically extra content to the games we love. Sometimes it's standalone, sometimes it's additive. Um, and it's it's been a big part of the reason why games have largely been 60 bucks for almost 15 years because they're getting you elsewhere but keeping the, the standard games at a certain price, even though that's going to change. So with Mark, um, with DLC, um, you know, we can we can live this decision in a couple of different areas because we talked about this, we struggled. Is a DLC is it's an expansion considered DLC, meaning it's a standalone like content, it's contained, it's its own thing, like the Witcher 3 has two excellent expansions. Uh, Blood Dragon is almost like its own standalone game, but it's treated as like an expansion. Uh, you talked about the Splatoon games, um, and they even talked about Assassin's Creed, where they've gone like had offshoots and things like that too. So, what do you think? Is DLC good or bad? I think for the most part, it's good, and it's so funny looking back and thinking about overpriced horse armor and you're just paying for something and then coming to someone that plays Fortnite a whole lot and play and has paid a lot of money for cosmetics and it's it's literally something that adds nothing to your gameplay aside from the fact that I can run around looking like you know Christian Bale's Batman or Darth Vader or whatever Black Crescent uh I let like it's it adds nothing to that other than my own enjoyment and uh it and it hasn't really changed much aside from public view because when you see something in call of duty or one of these other games that does add some sort of perk and does give you some sort of advantage especially in the multiplayer side of things uh you, you hear people complaining now right it's it's like oh you can't do that you can't you know why are you doing this? Uh, they're doing the same kind of thing with Halo and allowing people. It's a whole bunch of shit going down the last few weeks, I think, with with that kind of stuff. But um, as far as purely cosmetic, that's the stuff that I love, whether it's Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, whatever it is. I think that works really well. As far as bigger DLC or expansions or whatever you want to call it, those I think are, are fantastic ways to get the people who really love um, those games, whether it's something like uh, Animal Crossing, uh, New Horizons with the Happy Home Paradise expansion that you know my wife put in 900 hours of Animal Crossing or whatever she played and then jumps back in for, for Happy Home Paradise. And, and you know she played uh, Happy Home Designer on the 3DS. So like that was kind of home for her. For me, it's something like I already mentioned the Ubisoft games and, and something like uh, black flag freedom cry comes in. I loved Adewale in the game um, playing as him playing a little bit more of, of his story and, uh, and, and continue to expand on there stuff like fate of Atlantis from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, the, the stuff that they've done with, with uh, Ragnarok has been amazing. Um, it's, you know, there, there's some, really great examples of like DLC adding like substantive content to games. And, and I, I love, I love both. I, 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 it's, it's when they get stuff like the, the loot boxes or random things or stuff that you have to kind of pay to win that it starts to bug me, but anywhere 
on the opposite ends of that, whether it's something simple and stupid like a cosmetic cat head that my character can wear or like a, a massive expansive story like the ones we've we've talked about um and uh yeah so so to answer brennan brennan's question uh what games have some of the best or my favorite dlc i think um i did mention the octo expansion at the start of this and that one sticks out to me uh the the mario kart 8 dlc both on the Wii U, so that original pack of expansions and the new stuff kind of has me a little excited, but I'm still waiting to see when more of that's going to be rolling out and how it's going to go. Uh, and like I said, the Assassin's Creed games have, have been real kind of stickouts to me. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. So Todd, maybe if you want to jump in right now sure. while my brain's spinning, uh, yeah. what, what have you liked about DLC? Or like, what, are your, what are your thoughts on DLC? Do you usually jump in? Yeah, that's the hard part because it's like getting DLC right is very important. If you announce a DLC right away when the game's launching, people feel it's like a cash grab. It's like, oh, this is, you know, oh, why didn't you include it in the game? And it's like, I I get it. I mean, especially if it's uh, ready when the game launches. If it's like yeah, buy the game yeah. plus the DLC that's ready right now, it's like, come on, dude, include that. If they announce it when the game launches and they're like, this is six months out, but you can buy a season pass right now and get it when we're finished making it, then you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, the game's done, but you're still working on this and I, I'd like to know about that. Neat. I'll buy the deluxe edition. But it's like yeah. day one download plus DLC that you can play right now. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah, because I think about like the Xenoblade Chronicles game that's coming out now. They announced the DLC right away. It's like, and I know it's substantial content, and I'm like, okay, and it's part of a season pass or whatever. I'm like, I totally get that. So yeah, it's that hard balance to say we want to give you more content, but it's not ready right away. But we think it's worth the price of admission for you to go after it. So that that's difficult because. I've heard with games where they don't announce it like right away and they announce it much later, it's less successful because you're already moved on. You have said, I got my adventure. I am satisfied. I won't get around. And that's similar to me in, in Mark, maybe the same experience where it's like, Oh, I need to get back to that. I bought the DLC, but I haven't. And that just creates a, a, a disconnect. So yeah. um, where I, have loved DLC, which is part of almost like an expansion is Witcher three. There were two right. huge expansions that essentially felt like there were 30 hours of more content that added on to the whole experience that I'm glad they brought it to me. They also mm -hmm. gave you, I think 30 or 40 extra pieces of DLC as just owning the game. So it's not like they try to game you and try to get more out of you. It's like they're trying to reward their fans with saying, we want to give you more content, keep this game alive and keep the game going forward because it just takes a lot of resources to keep a game alive. And yeah. cause they're going to move on to something eventually anyways, rather than just support it. So I, I struggle at times to say it's a cash grab and what the best of, way it is but i mean i love that because it added so much after the game and the way witcher 3 ended i needed some support <laughs> i was struck i was like oh my god i felt so bad about how it ended and then when taking Geralt through those extra missions felt 
almost like it was rehab for him. It was therapy to bring him back to the person we knew he was and what he lost and being able to move on. So it was really important. Same with thing with Mass Effect. Like I talked about, I absorbed every bit of the main game and playing those DLCs. It just felt like I could continue my experience with these characters and just extend that. But it's not always that way. It's sometimes it's a cheap, uh, oh, it's an extra costume. It's this. I mean, you see that. It's like, oh, an extra storybook. It's in a it's a DLC album. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, understanding where you want to spend your money and if it's worthwhile, it, it varies to your point, Mark. I mean, with I, Animal Crossing, that, yeah. that brought that really ravenous fan base back because they're like, I've, ex- <laughs> I've ringed this thing out so much. There's nothing there. And I just want to keep playing. And Nintendo's like, this is the biggest game in the world. We got to do something. Mm-hmm. It's the first time they've done DLC, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, they, they, they've had it for, um, for Super Mario Kart eight, uh, as far back as the, the Wii U. Um, but yeah, Nintendo hasn't done a ton of DLC. Um, one example that I forgot earlier and I, I definitely have to bring up is Shovel Knight because they just mm. kept adding things with the other knights and, and the, the treasure trove, right? That was the yeah. uh, collection. If you bought it, you got everything. Absolutely. Um, and that was, uh, Jesus, Spectre of Torment, uh, King of Cards, Plague of Shadows with Plague mm-hmm. Knight. Uh, and then Shovel, Shovel Knight Showdown was included in that, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, there was quite a bit. Now we've got more content outside of that yeah, initial crazy. offering coming through. Crazy. Yeah, because I mean, geez, I mean, it's it's amazing. Now, Game Mark, that is our was our game of the year uh, two years ago. Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Right. Neither of us did we even touch the DLC. I tried I a little bit of it, and I just felt like the DLC, man. I, yeah. yeah, that's a tough one. Um, and I loved that game so much. Yeah. I still do. We and, all did. And it's yeah. just, uh, and sometimes. And I, I do find that's a problem with Ubisoft games is it, a lot of times um, their games are so substantive that you don't get back to the DLC. For me, it took it's a couple of years for me to get back to the the Black Flag DLC uh, and play that story just because that game was so big that after you put 100 hours into something, you need a break. And and Breath of the Wild was another good example. It's like you finish that game and then they drop the DLC uh, for that one that they had the the different ballads or whatever and then the motorcycle it's like i dropped in and took the motorcycle for a spin a little bit and it's like man i just i still i, I still gotta take a bit of a break i couldn't <laughs> do the uh i couldn't do that like what was it the the mode where it's like you're naked and afraid oh, yeah. it's like i can't do that i got killed by a bat i'm not yeah. doing that yeah yeah, you're yeah. Killed if something looks at you the wrong way it's it's nuts um but that's the the great thing is sometimes it's you know you don't have to buy all this stuff um, a lot of people, I think, you know, and I'm, I'm bad for this of, of you, you see a deluxe edition of something or you see DLC on sale and you're like, I'm going to get it. Let's go. And then you never get back to it. But like, you know, you can kind of piecemeal your way through it. If you think you're going to spend time on it, if you think you're going to, uh, have some sort of desire to jump back in with a character or with a game or whatever, um, good. And if not, it's, it's completely optional content, which is nice. So uh, or at least it should be when it's done right. So that's, again, I hate when DLC is, doesn't feel optional or, or feels forced or whatever, but uh, um, most of the examples that I'm thinking of have been done really, really well, whether or yeah. not you personally enjoy them. 
I was thinking about Assassin's Creed with with uh, Valhalla with Donnie Reese, who was on the show, and he has put like a billion hours in that game. I think I never got past like leaving Norway or whatever, and, and like because that game was just too big. It was like that's eighteen hours in, and I'm like, I haven't feel like I've done anything. And he's like, oh, I want. 80 more hours of content and I'm like, Oh boy, that's a lot. Um, but I mean, wow. I mean, there's just so many more examples of, you know, how do we keep this alive? I mean, infamous, uh, I love the first two games and they made a cool, like just extra content where you're a vampire in Orleans. I'm like, how does that even happen? And I loved it. And I thought it was fantastic. So, uh, you know, I mean, even games that have struggled to find a fan base, Bioshock, uh, two, there is a DLC for that game, which apparently is called out as that is probably the best part of Bioshock as a whole. Minerva's Den. It's like, oh wow, yeah, man, I heard so many good things. Should I go back just to play that? So it really makes you feel like maybe there they could have messed up the original game, but make take their all the things they learned and make it better and save the game. But mm. how many people will actually learn that? Yeah, that's. It. I mean, and very rare occasion of DLC being better than the the game itself. Uh, other examples that come to mind for that one right off the bat, like the Ballad of Big Gay Tony for Grand mm-hmm. Theft Auto Four, which was an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty uh, exclusive. I remember that. That was a big deal. Yeah. Um, I think like the and the Witcher expansions. I, I know my brother said like Blood and Wine. I think so was good. Better. Yeah, they almost made it mark into almost like a fairy tale, like a like a, a Grimm's fairy tale when they did that. I'm like, oh, and it, they were so good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how could they make this game even better? And they did. And it gave me, who loved Witcher 3, like almost 40 more hours of content. And I'm like, wow, I came at the right time because I absorbed it all. Yeah. Um, if you look at my background, Red Dead Redemption, a game that I really didn't, I played a little bit of, but when they made a zombie like horror uh, expansion, it's the only time they've done something like this. I was just blown away. I loved it. And somebody actually made a movie out of it too. And it was phenomenal. And they, I, I just feel like it's, it's a sin that they have not gone back with red redemption Two and done in their, their new version of this haven't gone back. But you know what, when they're making like grand theft auto uh, five online money, I guess they don't have to. True enough. Very true. I do. I have to also call out uh, the the latest Pokemon expansions, uh, the Frozen Tundra and whatever it was, because uh, they brought my boy Nidoran into that game finally for Sword and Shield. So um, that was one that I was excited. I could the second I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, that was a Nido King. My boy's back. Let's go. Uh, Chippy is is entering the arena. Let's do this. So. Yeah, I like there's certain things of different DLCs that are going to catch you. And, and that for me was enough to go put another 20 or more hours into Pokemon Sword, uh, Shield. Because, um, it, you know, as soon as I, I was like, okay, well, got to find Nidoran, so I might as well beat the DLC. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And, and, and I would say, Mark, the game that you love the most, I would say these days is Fortnite. And they don't really make... DLC, they make seasons and they make evolving content that is probably the best in class. No one feels cheated. 
and everyone needs to learn from it because it feels like if you put the time into the game with the season pass, you probably don't have to buy anything, but that requires you to put the time into the game. So, um, yeah, I, I think they, they, they really, and I don't play the game, but I, that's all I hear is Fortnite gets it right. They do. And, and the nice thing is the game's free to play and they, they support it with, a little high priced at times DLC, but uh, uh, like you said, if you if you buy one expansion and you don't really waste your money on skins or anything else, you can keep kind of buying the season passes. So if you buy one, you kind of keep getting the others, and then there's other ways to spend your money if you actually want to spend real money, but that's fine. Um, but that's that's the great thing with with Fortnite and so many other companies try to charge you full price for a game and then. Fortnite style money for DLC or for, for skins. And it's like, well, you can't, you can't do both. Pick one, (laughs) like release your game for free and have overpriced DLC or make us pay for your game and make the DLC dirt cheap. So we don't mind putting cat ears on a first person character that we don't even get to see. Like Fortnite is at least third person. So I can see it when I'm Marcus Phoenix running around through the game and you know, like there's like that's I, and I think that helps Fortnite as well because a lot of you see Halo and and Call of Duty and all these other games try to do this stuff and it's like, well, what are you gonna do? Like put cat ears on your gun? Who cares? Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's cosmetic for everyone else, but in Fortnite, I get to enjoy seeing myself run around as Catwoman. It's great. So. Yeah, Fortnite's such a great example of of getting the pricing pretty much right, releasing the game for free and, and doing all that kind of stuff that when other companies try to charge for a game and for DLC, it's just like, man, sorry, I can play Fortnite everywhere. Like I, I actually yeah. I logged into Fortnite on uh, GeForce Now the other day because you get a, a free pickaxe or something like that when you play a match on GeForce Now. I'm like, friggin', I have a GeForce account, let's do this. And uh, logged in on my computer and jumped into a match and that was it. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy to play it everywhere. To that mouse life, Mark, that mouse <laughs> reticle. It's you're all it really in. Sell, sell me on the trackpad on my, on my <laughs> MacBook, uh, right away. But, uh, it, it's an option, I guess. Um, yeah. but it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, people say it's hard to find the balance, but the, there's so many examples there of the balance being found that nowadays, Companies like, you know, like 343 struggling with Halo, uh, Square Enix struggling with Avengers. And they've nailed some of the movie costumes and then they turn around and they release like Thor in a a swimsuit and like Tony Stark just wearing a shirt. Yeah. And it's just like, why? What are you doing? This is the summer collection. Who cares? Like, just release a skin from freaking swimsuit. Like, it's it's Sports Illustrated, the swimsuit collection. There we yeah, go. Right? And that's, that's what everybody wants. But like yeah. they have struggled with so much DLC because they create costumes that no one gives half a crap about. And but meanwhile, like there's MCU skins sitting there, and it's like, just come on. It's right yeah. there. Yeah, they've struggled with balancing, and, and I think it becomes a challenge of that game. And 
I think the model needed to change to be different when you're charging for a full game and then you say do this and in bringing in a bigger fan base, make it free to play. Maybe that changed the game. It's on Game Pass. I think it's on PlayStation Plus now. I wanted to get back to play it, but I mean, yeah, that game has struggled with uh, keeping its audience afloat. And I think it feels like there's a smell of this game is going to end soon so i'm not sure people are really uh, they're hesitant probably to invest in it so um it's it, there's different ways to approach it but i would say mark before we end this conversation what game or franchise do you want dlc on that you feel like that's only going to get a the, that's the only way i'm going to get to play more of it or something more of it if i don't get that Hmm. So like a game that's done right now, but I'd like to see yeah. expanded a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's tough. And I would have said Jedi Fallen Order if we're not getting the sequel. So that that would have been my my answer there. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to say Ninja Turtles. Give me more stages. Give me more story. Uh, there's. I know they spent a ton of time doing the sprites for that game. I'm happy with them, but I think. I think they could do subtle variations. I think there's there's enough there that they could, sticking with the art style in the game, I think they could still do a little bit. I think they could do, let's say, Turtles in Time, black and white kind of stuff. Turtles in Time variants. Uh, there's there's a ton of even NES look. The movies, look, the movies. That there's a lot there that they could that they could do. Um, I think they have enough characters, but. Yeah, continue on with the story. Add add a, a bit more, and do that when you add crossplay. Make a big celebration of it. Be like, hey, we've got crossplay. That's free for anyone. And if you want to continue to support the game and uh, you want a little bit more, here's an expansion with there are ten new levels and uh, you know and the black and white turtle skins. Cool. You got my ten bucks. It's a good choice. Um, before I leave, um, my choice, Control did get DLC, which I need to go back to. So, mm. you know, thank you for keeping a franchise I loved alive and giving you more awesome contents. That's on me not to finish it, which I own. So that's my uh, Mark. Remind me to play that game. I will um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, obviously, with your children and, you know, with your child and your wife, you know, my gaming schedule is really important to you. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but for me, Infamous, I loved the DLC they did with that um, uh, vampire mode. And I don't know if we're ever going to get more Infamous, but if they want to give that off to somebody and give us DLC, because I love superhero games, and that was such an awesome franchise, please make it happen, because I love it so much, but it may not happen. But you know what? I can only hope and dream, and that's why we have this segment. Great question. I want to hear Brendan Meyer's favorite DLC. Oh, yeah. I mean, and just think of all the different franchises where you could do some deep dives into like extended universes and different things of other franchises where they could delve deep because video games ultimately can play in their own, you know, playground. And we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, folks, if you have DLC that you want to see that you have not gotten yet, let us know. So, Mark... This has been a fun journey. You're getting ready to go on vacation mode. But before you do, tell people where they can follow you in the world of nerd 
in video games on the interwebs. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever else you want to at the underscore Canardian or on Xbox and Switch, just Canardian. I dropped the the. Ah, <laughs> uh, we don't like those things, the thes. Oh, well. Uh, you can follow me at T Oxtra on the Twitters, uh, talking about all things games and talking with people that are cooler than me. Uh, but if you want to game with me, because I would love to game with people, but I'm a very a shy gamer. Uh, Spartion98 on Xbox and Switch, and Spartion1998 on PSN. If you have recommendations for gaming geek den stuff, let me know, because I'm trying to build mine up and make it cool. So that is it for us. Mark, thank you as always. Enjoy your vacation. Thanks. And folks, remember, it's always better to game together. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.